delivering high-quality, technology-centric podcasts around the world. This is MunchTech.TV, taking a bite out of technology. Hello, and welcome to episode 488 of the Two Tackies for Saturday, November 16th, 2019. This is the show where we talk about the week's most notable tech stories in around an hour or less with myself, Jimmy Bunting, and him, Aaron Fisher. Take the week's most notable, what we believe to be the most notable tech stories from the last week. Break them down. Talk about them. Analyze, discuss, debate. And then leave you for another week. On this week's episode, another foldable phone, the Magic MacBook Pro, and Google are to open a bank. Imagine that, a search company, an advertising company, a hardware company, and now a bank. Jack of all trades, master of none. Maybe master of all? I don't know. Welcome to episode 488 of the show. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to join us on this episode, whether it's your first, somewhere in the middle, or the 488th time. Um, close close to that. Um, we're closing in on 500 quite nicely. Um, it will be February, I think. February's 500, which sort of coincides with 10 years as well. All right, hello. Hello. Have you had a good week? I have had a very good week, to be fair. You've had a very good week. Good. Yourself? Yeah, very good week. Minus the lack of tech news, but very good week, yes. It is. You can tell it's getting towards the end of the year. And Is, it, is it time for the Christmas gift guide episode yet? I feel like that would be more, <laughs> also, more prosperous. just on that note, you brought Christmas up, so here we go. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, what, the 16th of November. Yeah. This feels weirdly early for, like, John Lewis have got their Christmas ad out, Argos have got their Christmas ad out. Like, I love them, don't get me wrong, but this feels oddly early, or have I just completely, or do I say this every year no it's it's too early it is it's not it's not too early it's too early for shopping it's not too early it's too early for shopping it's not too early it's it it, it's far too early (laughs) hang on a minute you can't go from it's too early to it's far too early i get it for shopping you know businesses want to get people (laughs) in the mindset of christmas i mean i'm with you on the it really does feel like if we didn't have halloween then this would have started in october i think halloween's like this backstop like there's these two months that Christmas. Um, but yeah, it's just, you get to December 25th and you're like, you, you, you're kind of like all out of Christmas spirit because it started so early. Mm. Well, our 10th annual Christmas gift guide will not be released too early. It will be just at the right time. 10th annual, wow. December 26th. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just just in time for next year. It's so you can get all the good, the cheap, great uh, Boxing Day deals. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, while I say it's been quiet, we always say that, but we always end up talking about quote interesting unquote um huawei this week have picked their head up we haven't heard anything much from them they've been keeping a low profile after all of the scandals and the issues that their company has posed but they've come along and they've copied samsung they now have a foldable phone we've talked about foldable phones before but interestingly enough this one i don't know it it, it sales seem to be speaking volumes but then the question is how many have they actually sold many did they manufacture they sold out how many did they sell out of we'll talk about later 
Apple with their 16-inch MacBook Pro, it's debuted, and then Google are set to offer a banking current account, becoming the latest big tech firm to move into that field. And the question has to be asked, do tech firms belong in that field? You could say yes, you could say no, there are arguments for and against, we'll talk about it later. Before we do, we will go to the quick news. Tesla's chief executive Elon Musk has said that Berlin will be the new site of its first major European factory as the carmaker's expansion plans power ahead. Berlin rocks, Mr. Musk said, adding Tesla would build an engineering and design center in the German capital. Tesla previously said it aimed to start production in Europe in 2021. The move comes as the firm, which has also invested heavily in a Chinese factory, faces intensifying competition in the electric vehicle industry. Mr. Musk made the announcement at an awards ceremony in Germany on Tuesday. The company already has an assembly site in the Netherlands, but the plans for Germany are on a far larger scale. Apple is removing all vaping apps for its online store. It said had it taken the decision because of growing official concerns about the impact vaping can have on health. Apple's decision means a total of 181 apps will not be available on iPhones, reporting at tech news site Axios. In a statement given to Axios, Apple said it agreed with official warnings about the negative health impacts of vaping and the potential problem presented by the appeal of e-cigarettes to the young. It said it took great care to ensure the app store was a place people could trust to get programs for their iPhone. Labour has promised to give every home and business in the UK free full fibre broadband by 2030 if it wins the general election. The party would nationalise part of the BT to part of BT, sorry, the BT, uh, to deliver the policy and introduce a tax on tech giants to help pay for it. The plan includes nationalising parts of BT, namely its digital network arm, OpenReach, to create a UK-wide network owned by the government. And finally, heads up, your Facebook iOS app may contain a, quote, bug that turns your phone's camera on without you asking to do it as you're scrolling through the content in the app the camera activation seems to be happening while users scroll through videos or swipe through photos after people clicked on the video to full screen returning it back to normal would create a bug in which facebook's mobile layout was slightly shifted to the right cnet report stating that it was unable to replicate the issue with the open source or sorry open space rather on the left you can now see the phone's camera activated in the background guy rosson facebook's vice president of integrity responded to concerned users on twitter ironically by stating that this seemed to be a new bug it was introduced in version 0.246 last week. He also states that although the camera is quietly being turned on, Facebook isn't secretly shooting videos or fo- uh, videos and saving that content. Berlin rocks. Okay, well, there must be something there for uh, Musk, I guess, if he's choosing that as his next destination for his factory. Uh, I mean... This this is just further expansion for Tesla. Is it just me or do I feel that Tesla are expanding and still aren't delivering what they're promising anyway? This is, I don't, I think uh, if people listen back through the show, it'll sound like I have a hate thing for Tesla. I don't. It's just any new car company I think should be scrutinized as much as every other car company does seem to be. Um, I think Tesla have an event coming up in a couple days. I think it's next week at some point. I'm pretty sure it's on Monday. Um, and it sounds like they're going to be unveiling some 
kind or maybe rumoured to be unveiling some kind of new pickup truck or something. And that's great. Um, new products is always great. The one thing I do have to say is Tesla are struggling really hard to deliver on their Model 3. You know, the UK is barely getting it. Outside of the United States is barely getting it. And this car was announced, what, two, three years ago? Also, the Tesla Roadster that was announced 18, 24 months ago as well, they don't exist yet. You know, people have ordered those, pre-ordered those. Pre-ordering a car is so weird, isn't it? But people have pre-ordered those um, and they just, they don't exist yet. I don't even know if there's a like a prototype or anything. Um, and here we are, potentially on the eve of Tesla announcing yet another car that is going to be, or truck or whatever, that's several years away. I just, I don't get how, I think it's mostly the tech industry. I think like the, the automotive industry is, looks at Tesla like, Tesla is a huge competitor. Like I think Tesla has lit a fire under the ass of like every other car manufacturer on the planet, especially when it comes to EVs. Um, but just as a way of doing things as well, I think Tesla are, are upping the game for the entire car industry, much like you could say um, Apple did uh, for the phone industry, let's say. Um, I think Tesla are doing something very similar for the car industry, but it's just this weird, announce lots of things. Every tech news website on the planet seems to cover it, but yet these products won't exist for, for two years. When they do turn up, they'll have poor paint, poor fit and finish, poor this, poor that, poor the other. Like, it's just, they're such an enigma of a company. It, uh, it's so odd. I mean, frankly, I, I, getting production out of the States, um, I think is great. Um, I think, you know, if, if I appreciate they already have an assembly plant in Europe, but I think if, if they can start to move more and more of that over here, then I think they will serve Europe and, and I guess with China as well, the rest of the world a lot better, which should hopefully allow them to, to meet those deadlines of time targets a lot better um i think at the moment you know i'm looking at people who pre-ordered their model 3 or their roadster or model s or whatever it is um you know years ago at this point and it's still like uh you know you, you have no idea when it could turn up and um, which is like that's not how the car industry works that's barely how the tech industry works i am still convinced that tesla will at some point move away from being a car company because you say tesla i don't immediately think car company and i know that's silly but i just don't put them in the same category that i put car manufacturers for some reason in my head maybe it's because i've already divided them away from that but you you said something interesting there in that yeah they're pushing out cars with bad fundamentals that most other car companies have down to a t for the most part almost becomes indicative if you read between the lines that tesla yes they're making cars that they, they want to make cars at the minute but what they really want is a monopoly on the battery technology so they can say to every other car manufacturer when the time comes yes we we have perfect batteries which you can stick in your vehicles ah yes I we'll license them out to you yeah no problem i think uh i think at first i know we've talked about this before but like that conspiracy theory was like oh, wow that's so dumb they'd never do that and the more and more you think about it it's like actually that would be the most genius move ever is to monopolize the battery industry and then as you say you're so far ahead of every other car manufacturer anyway that all of a sudden you've monopolized the battery industry you've perfected the technology or you know we've talked about it in the past i think um with apple and the iphone um like apple just buy up all of the resources which pretty much makes it like impossible or other companies have to use let's say second rate technologies and whatnot um specifically i think like display manufacturing and uh, like memory chips and things like that it, it it really does feel like tesla could do very much something similar you you 
pretty much buy up or you own all the technology. And then as you say, when Mercedes come along or when Ford come along or Kia or whomever, and they want to produce an electric car, well, who do they turn to for batteries? Do they do they go and develop their own at an extreme expense or do they go and put a lot, lots of money in, in Elon's back pocket? And I think you're right. I think that second one sounds pretty viable. The thing is, other car manufacturers are currently still trying to focus on their main priority right now, which... Okay, I know it's not necessarily the right thing, but that is combustion engines, combustion engine vehicle vehicles. Why? Because that's what most people are buying right now. So they need to focus on that. But at the same time, they need to have their other eye on electric vehicles because there will come a time, like it or not, that they will take over sales of standard vehicles. Now, it's hard to focus on those two at the same time because they're very different. Tesla, on the other hand, only have one focus, the electric vehicle. And it's almost the fact that Tesla's car is so far from anything else on the market that Tesla aren't too worried whether it sticks or not. If it does, great. If that if, if it works for them, perfect. If the car itself works, that's that's great. If it doesn't, they still have the battery technology to fall upon. So it almost feels like they're trying part A. If part A doesn't be, well, go to plan plan B. I, I, could uh, be I, don't, I don't totally disagree with a lot of with a lot of the people and I think we're both included in that that say for the foreseeable future and I'm talking let's say the next decade and let the electric car is not going to become the standard like uh, combustion cars are at the moment um, in this country at the very least there's going to be that tipping point where that's great there's superchargers in lots of places but when more and more people start to buy electric cars you need more and more superchargers and that problem will just keep going um, a petrol station will currently always win out because you can top up your car in two minutes and be away and you can get lots and lots of cars through the door in an hour let's say whereas even if okay, a, a rapid charge or whatever you want to call it uh, for an electric car, if you have the same kind of electric petrol station, I'm coining that term, um, your, let's say it takes 10, 15, 20 minutes, probably even longer, even that's probably, I think, optimistic at this point. The rate of which you can get cars in and out is far reduced. Um, I drove uh, past the motorway services just yesterday and you can see the uh, Tesla charging station or charging area and it's like there's probably nine or 12 superchargers um they were about i think like one or two spaces were empty of teslas um so clearly you know very popular but they are there for 30 minutes an hour two hours however long it is um and people just don't have that time to wait people who live in a block of flats or don't have their car parked outside their house like there's all these you know plethora of kind of not oddities um exceptions i guess that a lot of people will fall into that just like an electric car just isn't possible and that's where i think plug-in hybrids more you know far more fuel efficient uh, combustion engines will just be it's fascinating to see whether that side of technology is going as well and that's mm. not to say tesla couldn't turn up and you know or toyota toyota need battery technology for the prius even though i know they've perfected it but just saying um and it could be an area that tesla could sell into or, or get into but yeah i think the electric car industry whilst absolutely fascinating i think it it has a relatively low ceiling at the moment in this country. Um, there just isn't the, the infrastructure and the laws, kind of everything around that is like 10 years behind um, the technology. Um, I think as soon as that changes, I don't know how they fix like every car parking space in Tesco's needs a charging point type thing. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. There's some, uh, there's some interesting technological innovations to be had in that area over the next decade or two and it's going to be fascinating to follow. Apple removed uh, 181 apps from their store, specifically vaping apps. When you say vaping apps, 
I'm not educated in this area, so maybe someone could help. But I'm guessing it's what? Apps relating to the devices or what? Yeah, I assume so. Maybe buying them. I don't know. Can you get a Bluetooth vapes? Is that yeah, a I'm thing? sure you can. It feels like that would be a thing. Um, <laughs> just just in my head, I'm now picturing all the funny ways that could go. Um, the kind of the reason I dropped this in here is I think it's less about the, the vaping thing because that's, you know, obviously a very divisive culture already. Yeah, it's personal preference. Exactly. But it's the, we've always talked about how these companies have such a, like a yes, no mentality uh, to what goes on in the app store. It's like a, um, what do you call it? Not a dictatorship, but it's, there's no freedom, if that makes sense. And is that necessarily a good thing? And I think when it comes to this, I'd consider this a good thing. I'd actually like it as a user. If I could filter out things in the app store, Google app or whatever app store, um, like I don't want to see gambling things or vaping products or things related to alcohol, let's say. Um, like I'd actually kind of like a way if I could filter down what I see, but like I decide that, not the company decide that. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And, and something that they could probably easily do, f- filtering out different categories and, and different ratings of apps, because the apps themselves are categorized and are rated based on age and so on anyway. So seems like an easy thing to do. Surely, is there no age filtering in the app store? I feel as if that should be a thing. I think if either app will know your age on your profile or if parental controls are turned on, that's when it gets enforced. Um, as far as I'm aware, there's no bar a couple of filters based on like genres or categories. I don't think the app store is any more complicated than that. P- partly because people don't tend to browse the app store. I don't think people tend to browse the app store. I think people know about an app and they go and find it. Like if people want to go and download Snapchat, they just head straight to search. Um, I think like the pages people use are the first one and the search page. Um, so I don't think like kind of finding things or filtering things or hiding things is, is probably a top priority for, for either Apple or Google at this point, just because I think people know what they want and they go and find it rather than using it as a discovery platform. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's something I'd like to see. Free broadband for all. <laughs> Free Imagine- full fiber broadband by 2030. Imagine that. Bearing in mind, what was it, two weeks ago we were talking about the government's failed uh, pledge on, on broadband. And rolling the... out, yeah. Yeah. The thing I, I Oh, kind we of... said free. Oh, did you not see the asterisk? But I can't. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, we do £30 a month for the AT- basic plan. AT&T all over again. The, <laughs> yeah. Kind of one of the reasons I included this is it's a very great headline. Um, I think it will attract a lot of people. Um, and I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think broadband is such an integral part of everything we do today that I think basic like we, we've talked about this in the past how broadband is almost like um, to not the same degree and I'm not saying it should be on the same level but it's like you know food shelter water internet connection that's very much how the world seems to operate um, but the thing that caught my eye and I included it right at the end here is to create a UK wide network owned by the government mm. so they reel you in with that oh free broadband for everyone and then it's like yeah it'd be owned by the government and, and what do we know the governments traditionally aren't very good at oh yeah that's technology that's writing like how many times have we talked about the de bill and um all these different legislations us uk all around the world over the past decade how many times do we need to kind of reiterate that to deem that this is probably not a good idea at least the nationalizing of bt par maybe the you know the free broadband to all fantastic but to be owned by the government is not something I'm 
super keen on. Um, I mean, it's not necessarily... What is this? The government has a monopolization of any ISP. Get rid of all ISPs and run it as a national country plan. I don't... Uh, yeah, don't understand. It's... I mean, BT are obviously such a huge thing in this country anyway that if you government fund BT or... I think they said it'll be... And if it says here... It doesn't say... In the, in the full article, it says they'd create a, a separate entity called British Broadband, which would <laughs> run this. Um, I assume it's like, let's say... Um, you know, British Rail back in the day it used to run all the railways um, before it, it all went private. Um, Royal Mail is obviously a very similar thing. The NHS is all, all government owned as well. Um, I think that is not a bad thing. Don't necessarily have a problem with kind of the ins and outs of, of how that would work. It's not about, they're not going to suddenly go Virgin Media, go away. Um, it's still a, comp- I still imagine it'll be a competitive landscape and it's like a, it's a thing you can have and not a thing you have to have. Um, but I think we need to when you look at this stuff it's it's you, you do need to look at um we've always talked about how having multiple isps is great for them competing with each other and obviously the two big ones are virgin media and bt when one does something the other ups it um and i think if one of those was government controlled we'd potentially lose all that um so yeah i think there are as many downsides as there are potentially upsides and a big one is the government having more control over the isps which is, is just a bad thing yeah having one ultimatum or ultimate source for such an integral service isn't a great idea and one run by a government isn't either but what happens is stagnation innovation sort of drops which isn't great in the technology sector either because it's so fast paced and fast moving so mm. as nice as the idea is i kind of feel like it should just stay the way it is i, I kind of appreciate what they're trying to do do like i think the intention is good Mm. i just think that the way we've seen probably the past 10 years go i think we can just see all the ways that this will fall down or this gets abused or okay well this government had the great intention but the next government that comes in wants to ban all of you know x y z content on the web or you know or whatever like i think you've just got to look at that kind of long-term picture and i think that's where it starts to fall down yeah exactly and then Facebook for iOS. <laughs> bug? Is this a bug? I saw uh, two things. If anyone listening has the Facebook app on their phone, why? How many times do we need to talk about an issue with the Facebook app on iOS or on Android for people to delete that godforsaken app off their phone? And number two, this is like headline grabbing. It sounds really like, oh, this is something Facebook would do. They're quietly turning on your camera and recording and this, that, and the other. But when you sit down and think about it, like Facebook have come out and gone, this is a bug. And bear in mind that if Facebook were to be recording in the background, this is going to be weird because I'm about to defend Facebook, which is like unprecedented for me. If Facebook were to record, you know, every time you had the app open or in the background or whatever, then just think how much data that would be. Facebook then have to have a way of processing that somehow. And most of it, like 99.99% of it would be complete garbage to them anyway. And secondly, that is like on the scale of one to ridiculously mega illegal, it's like off the scale if they were doing that. Um, And thirdly, they don't need to do anything illegal because as a Facebook user, and especially as a Facebook user with the app on your phone, you're already handing 
handing them over <laughs> all of this information that they need completely legally. Yeah. So Facebook, as much as we like to hate on them, they're not going to break massive laws for something that's really hard to kind of sift through, is basically pointless, and for something that they already have a completely legal alternative for. Um, I'm fully... I don't see any conspiracy theory or tinfoil hat needs for this. I think it is just a bug. Um, there are lots of times apps will do things to make your experience quicker. Um, one of them might be having the camera at the ready. Um, so I, I haven't had the Facebook app on my iPhone in years, so I don't know what it looks like or how it works now. But if it's anything like, let's say Instagram, I know when you swipe across, like the camera's right there. I don't know if maybe they're, they're like preloading it in the background. Um, so when you swipe across, it's like instantly ready to go so you can take a picture or story or whatever you do with it. I don't know. Um, there are probably multitude of legitimate reasons. Um, I mean, there are a whole other set of reasons that giving Facebook microphone and camera access has been proved to be a bad idea in the past. But again, just having the Facebook app on your phone is a pretty bad idea in the first place. Um, this isn't great. Even if it is a bug, it doesn't look particularly great. Um, I, find, I find it really funny that Facebook have a vice president of integrity. That's such an American business thing, isn't it? Um, but the integrity thing is just like... Vice president. Well, I, I mean, Facebook, of all the companies that need a vice president of integrity, I would say Facebook are quite high up there. But who's president of integrity? That's what I want to know. Why aren't they mm. talking? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the integrity in that? Exactly. But uh, yeah, I, I like I say, I think this is just a bug. I think it's a pretty funny one. Um, not something that Facebook needed. Um, Facebook are always in the news for legitimately bad reasons. So uh, for, for a bug like this to happen. I think also one of the things this did bring out is bug or not no bug. Um, I won't be surprised if phone manufacturers, let's say Apple and Google, are more inclined to put indicators on the device, whether it may be in software or in hardware to indicate when the camera is on. Mm. Um, so, you know, on your Mac, you get the little green yeah, light to green say light. the camera is on. I think something like that on the phone would be a good idea. We already have that for GPS on the iPhone. Um, the little location symbol pops up in the top right to say something is using your GPS and it has several states. Uh, is it background, foreground, all the time, this kind of thing, or geofencing, um, that type of thing. Um, so I think them is there something similar for a microphone? I forget. If there isn't, there should be. Um, but I think we're at a point now where it feels like if Apple are going to allow com or people to do this in the background, assume Android works the same way, then a physical or software indicator that the camera is on, maybe a recording state as well, I think would be a good thing. Well, yeah, it, it must be a physical connection to the device because some physical laptops there's there's the, the difference with Apple's offering in that Apple stance is whenever they when, whenever a physical connection is made to the camera the light is physically connected to the camera which means whenever that camera is is, is demanded or tasked to be turned on the light has to switch on because the current is going straight through the light to the camera which then means you can't bypass one through software because to activate the camera to send any signal to the camera to turn it on you must um, like that you know activate the light the same went for the microphone although i believe it was like no wait was it the camera so the microphone what did apple say a while ago i think it was at least in the last year that the microphone whenever you fold the laptop down did it break the physical connection to the microphone i do remember that i do remember like one of them as you say when it was closed like the, the connection was physically removed or something like that and then the question was asked well what about the camera well the response was yes well, we have a green light it will turn on when the camera's activated but when the lid's down 
doesn't matter because the camera can't see anything anyway. So I no think, signed, no no camera. I think with the Mac or with, with laptops and whatnot, I think there is a need for that. It needs to be at a hardware level just because so much of the software and whatnot on the device is not controlled at all. I think, let's say, let's use iOS as a specific example. I think Apple can get away with it in software much like they do the location thing and you can't spoof that. Um, because Apple control everything on there, Apple have not built in a way for you to bypass that sans you jailbreaking the phone, which is obviously, you kind of take the law into your own hands slightly with that, don't you? Mm. So, and bearing in mind and obviously the camera is on the back of the iPhone, so unless they have some like LED indicator on the front. And I think Apple will... Android phones have obviously had LED indicators on the front for some time, or a lot of them have. Um, but I just cannot see a world where Apple put an LED indicator on the front of an iPhone. It's just like, it fits with the aesthetic of a lot of Android phones. I just can't see a way in which it fits with the, uh, the aesthetic of iPhone. So I think if we do get it, it will definitely be, uh, be software. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, Huawei um, with a folding phone. They've launched it, the Mate X. It's called Mate 10, Mate X? I don't know. Mate uh, X Pro <laughs> Briefly S. gone on sale in China. Sorry, go ahead. Mate X Pro 10S. There you go. <laughs> Uh, went on sale in China for the price of 16,999 yuan. And while that sounds like a significant amount, you would think, well, conversions, you know, maybe it's not that bad. It's 1,900 pounds via their online store, reportedly sold out within minutes. Now, could that be that they didn't make very many of them? Um, I mean, we obviously saw the Mate X10 Pro S3 was announced at the same time the Galaxy Fold was um, beginning of the year? It, it feels like last month, but I think they've been kicking around since like CES time or something. Um, and if you remember the same time the Galaxy Fold started having all its issues, Huawei very quickly backpedaled their initial launch date, I believe. Um, and uh, here we are. Um, it's quite expensive. I don't imagine they made a lot of them, bearing in mind Given China. You are? Given what it is at this point, there's, I, I wouldn't say there's such a high demand for the product. Exactly. It's pretty unique. China's also a very large market, so even if you make a lot of them, selling out is not necessarily a huge surprise. Um, Huawei, obviously, are very big over there. Um, again, it's one of those things. They're one of those companies we look at with a very Western world view. True. It, yeah. It's like, oh, you don't see many people with those. It's like, yes, because we live in the UK. Um, again, you've just got to look back to our experience of uh, the Czech Republic and Austria and just looking at the adverts you see around like even in even in mainland europe it, it it's very different to kind of what we're used to over here we're very much kind of aligned i think with the us um it's it's very like pixel and galaxy and iphone and and things like that obviously there are also a huge amount of let's say the the cheaper phones um but when you look at the higher end that's kind of the the, the dominating factor whereas you go to mainland europe and it's a different set you go to china and it's obviously entirely different like we're always talking about how Apple feel very much like the underdog over there, which is just not something you can uh, you can say about them over here. But I think foldable phones. Uh, we we also saw uh, Motorola, I think, announced the new uh, Razer, bringing back the Razer this week, um, which I believe is a foldable phone. It's like the old Razer style uh, flip phone, but with a like a foldable screen, which is like 
a really cool concept. Um, kind of uh, the, the design is very much an homage to the the much loved uh, Razer phone from the early two thousands. But they're expensive. I think the Razer starts at a similar price, maybe a little bit cheaper, but it's definitely in the thousands uh, to the Mate X. I don't know if over here at least I can't think of a huge demand for the foldable phone. Um, I think people are pretty happy with just big slabs. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Mm. I, the we've spoken about this before. The appeal for these phones is pretty limited at this point. It could be something in 10 years time we look back on and say, wow, we were wrong. I don't think so, though. Well, I mean, knowing our luck, that will probably happen. So, and <clears throat> like, a, you know, just back to what I was saying earlier about me saying electric cars aren't going to become a big thing in 10 years. It's like they definitely will because <laughs> we know nothing, basically. Well, yes, exactly. But I just, mid- Sorry, go ahead. I, say, I, I just don't I just don't see how the general consumer is going to want to not necessarily pay that much because they will come down in price. Every every phone, every new technology, we've seen it time and time again. It starts off really high and it will end up at a more manageable price. Um, I just can't see a particular world in where people really want this. Um, I think we were quite happy to move away from the foldable phone world. Like this is not the kind of the, the first foldable phones ever. This is obviously the first foldable phones that have a edge to edge screen. But the early two thousands, like if you didn't have a phone that was foldable, it was odd. Um, and I think as a world, we were quite happy to move away from the the having to fold and unfold your phone every time you wanted to wanted to use it. So I I, I can't see how this will be particularly popular with the general go public. Mm. You see, you say foldable phones are on their way out, but then Motorola have just said that they're going to revive the the Razer. That's something. I'm a actually, I'd love to get my hands on the Razer. I loved. I never had one. I still one. have mine. I actually came across it the other day. I, was I forgot. Never, I, I still had it. I was never lucky enough to have a Razer. We were always Sony Ericsson's um, and, and kind of the Nokia world as well mm. um, before, just before the iPhone. And I always, it's super envious. Like the Razer was the, it was the super slim and sleek and it had that cool keyboard. Um, like just, it was the cool phone. Can we go back to that world where the Razer <laughs> was the cool phone to have? Um, it's like, I'll always remember um, um, this is going back a few years as well. Do you remember the Nokia N95? Yes. And when that was Nokia's like, well, that was the world's like, there's no phone better than this. I remember when one of my friends brought his dad's Nokia N95 into the school playground and it was like, wow. And here we are all carrying phones that are like a thousand times better in every way in our pockets. It's just nuts how fast technology moves. But uh, I think mo- this Motorola, I think the Razer, it kind of feels very much like like a like a PR thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think it looks like a great phone. I think it looks like a like a pretty interesting technological innovation. Let's say I I don't think we can really sit here and go, wow, foldable phones are super boring because they look super interesting. You can't deny it's even for us. I think I don't know if you would have asked us ten years ago about foldable screens, we probably would have laughed. Yeah. Um. So it's, it's but that, super that's interesting. That's it. Thing. That's it, Aaron. It it it's a case of, and it's the same for Samsung. These devices, especially especially after seeing what happened with Samsung's first offering, seeing the uptake. And while I've said that it sold out, but they also went on to say that it's available in limited quantities for the first sale, but didn't give a, a precise number. And I wonder why. Uh, the risk is here, there's, there's a pretty big price tag attached. They're only shipping it in China. In itself, it's pretty niche. So what they're doing here is, is saying, look what we can do. Samsung, you did it, we can do it. And then the screen's in the outside as well. So you, of course that's going to get damaged. What they're saying is, we've done it. They're not saying everyone wants it. And so this is the art of 
possibility, not 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 what's going to to come forward. I don't think anyway. Do you? It'll be interesting if it launches outside of China. I think, um, especially with it selling out as well. I think that a company like that, I imagine, will do things like that in limited quantity. You gauge interest, don't you? If you make five and only two sell, obviously on a larger scale, but you know what I mean. Then yeah, you go sold seven. Relax. Well, yeah. Okay, I was you know I was being complimentary to them. <laughs> um, but if you do that, then you go okay there isn't you know super high demand for that we won't make that many make that many more of them but if you make 10 and you know they sell out in seconds then you go let's make 20 or 30 or 40 um you gauge interest and and see how it goes um i really want to see in a year's time or in two years time when the galaxy or, or users galaxy fold or their mate x is is a year or 18 months old i want to see how they're holding up how does the screen wear over time i imagine obviously these have all been stress tested within an inch of their life but um yeah well you would hope that but i mean after samsung's pr disaster you question what testing went into any of the product yeah bearing in mind like 50 percent of their pr disaster was people peeled the screen off just you know samsung are probably going users are idiots um but it happens Mm. um one person doing it might constitute an idiot two might constitute an idiot but when a lot of tech reporters start doing it i don't think you can say that's because your user's an idiot no i know that's what i'm saying samsung are probably sitting there going well why would you do that but then the rest of the world is going because you didn't tell us not to um <laughs> it's, it, it was pretty funny i think at the time and i think that the, the other side is i think we've spoken about this Kind of with some recent events as well is tech community i don't know if this extends to other communities but tech news websites like they have this obsession of a new product or a new company must fail we must find a way that it is bad or that no one will buy it um, and that's kind of after a few sites came out and you know pointed out the issues with the with the galaxy forward i think as a community it generally ran in that direction of oh it's a failure it's a flop it's a you know whatever um so i don't know um just interesting sometimes but yeah talk to me uh in a year's time let's see let's see how these devices still hold up does is dust under the screen and whatnot still an issue does the screen on the inside versus on the outside between the two does that make a difference it'll, it'll all be quite interesting Apple this Wednesday announced their 16-inch MacBook Pro, new Magic Keyboard, physical escape key, and up to 64 gigs of RAM and more. Um, so it's a larger display with a slimmer bezel um, than the, the previous 15-inch. The display has a resolution of 3072 by 1920 pixels with up to 500 nits of brightness. As updated Magic Keyboard does away with any of the unpopular butterfly mechanisms, returning instead to a more reliable scissor mechanism with one millimeter key travel. I think it's been confirmed that's pretty much just what they had before they've went back to the old keyboard essentially 64 gig of ram potentially up to eight cores and eight terabytes of ssd storage can we get a hallelujah please the nightmare the long standing four-year nightmare is finally or three-year nightmare is finally (laughs) drawing to a close we got our wishes this very much felt like uh when apple spoke about it on wednesday um this very much felt like an apology machine almost or as close to an apology machine as we were gonna get um a couple of interesting points Uh, a lot of people obviously talking about the keyboard and it's not quite going back to what they had on the 2015 macbook it's more going to what they have that comes with the iMac, um, which is very similar to the old one, but still has the reduced 
travel um so the, the travel is less than the older macbooks but it's a proper mechanism underneath and whatnot and it shouldn't be so susceptible to uh breaking but can we just talk about the fact that they also replaced the so the 16 inch replaces the 15 inch which i think when we talked about this before and most people talked about this before is not something i think we saw coming we were talking about oh fragmentation of the line and whatnot about that have 13 15 and 16 but um they also didn't increase the price because it replaces the baseline uh, or replaces the 15 inch sorry entirely the base price stays exactly the same and you get one hell of a machine for that price admittedly that price is 2399 pounds but on the flip side the 15 inch was also 2399 pounds mm. um something that's slightly unapple like their base machine has a 512 gig ssd that's unusual um we're so used to talking about how apple will make you pay all this money and you'll get 128 gig ssd or something so a big talking point is obviously the 512 um if you want to take that up to eight terabytes bear in mind the machine is 2400 to add eight terabytes of ssd which is kind of nuts is another 2100 pounds or 2160 to be precise which is that's a lot of money <laughs> um if you want to double it to one terabyte though it's quote only i use air quotes 180 pounds a lot of this until you start going like super high end a lot of this feels a lot more reasonably priced uh, than before ram is still kind of expensive uh, if you want to double it to 32 or go all the way to 64 64 will set you back over 732 or set you back 360 so that's kind of still a bit pricey um but other than that this is an impressive machine uh, people who have it um now i think it came out yesterday friday um apparently this they've got an entirely new redesigned speaker setup they've got like noise cancelling microphones on there um like it feels like a pro machine um, which is something i don't think we've been able to say about a lot of the apple lineup but especially the mobile lineup and especially the macbook pro um for a little while it's got to the point where the new mac pro deserving of pro the new imac pro deserving of the word pro and we were left with the macbook pro that felt anything but professional um you know it had the the, the entire macbook lineup has obviously had the well-documented uh keyboard issues which i think if apple came out with with a new laptop and they only changed the keyboard i think it would be getting just as much hype um as this is but to come out with such an impressive machine around it it'll obviously set you back you know a good amount of money we're not pretending that they've they've announced this and it's under a thousand dollars or something it's it's still pretty pricey but uh, yeah, I want this to. We just gotta wait, see this trickle down to the uh, to the air to the to the 13 inch. Um, doubt they bring back the MacBook at this point. You know, the kind of the selling point of the original MacBook was obviously the uh, how thin it was, and obviously resulted in a thin keyboard and whatnot. This is actually Apple doing a U-turn in that, in my mind anyway. So they've finally admitted number one that the keyboard was a failure, and they're realizing that people like tactile feedback. So the escape key is now an actual button key key physical key on the keyboard again they took it too far last time they realized that they've reined it back in what what they've also done is as you say for you're getting one hell of a machine for the cost now yes you're you're paying for it but there was the potential they were going to charge more and we know that apple like to add tax onto their products they didn't in this case so this is a pretty bulletproof machine 
yeah, you'll pay for it, but it it's still um it it's it yeah, it still does what it's meant to do. And it still is a pro product, which Apple kind of as there was a bit of frosting on on that that front, you know, what's pro, what's not. Everything was pro for a while with Apple. Um so all of a sudden I think they're redefining these product categories slowly but surely. It's happening, we can see it. They just need to do the same with their phone lineup, in my opinion anyway. Yeah, and I think also we can't forget that buried in the news pro news room news room release that they did they also said that the macro would be coming in december so we finally have a, a definitive date for that um also one of the other interesting things i don't think many people have touched on is this was a release that obviously didn't have an event it was pretty much announced on social media uh, tim cook tweeted it um it was that was like here's for the pros or something like that along with the video talking about the new the new macbook pro and, and they had had uh, i believe the day before so on tuesday i think they'd had the private press um briefings in new york and whatnot so the traditional media were obviously still getting it but this was very much a, an apple product that was launched and talked about on twitter um which i think worked really well for them actually i think it it kind of went a bit viral after that um there's there's something tangible for people to latch on to and to retweet and whatnot um i thought that was actually a very interesting thing by apple so instead of having an event for this because i think events work really well potentially if you have lots of things um and there was never a middle ground between often apple would just put out something on their website so you'd have to go to apple.com to know that something new had turned up um there was never kind of that that middle ground between the two it was either full event or you barely knew about it um so i think it was it was interesting this time to see how much they pushed it on on social media and whatnot i think apple have been very careful about the way they've talked about the keyboard obviously they can't talk mm. about it like oh we fixed it because of <laughs> liability with the other one if you've got ongoing yeah. lawsuits and whatnot you can't go yeah it was it was a mistake yeah um and it's funny how they've reused the magic keyboard branding from their their external keyboard i thought that was interesting um because what they could have done is said nothing um and just gone it's got a new keyboard like they've been doing for the past three versions um but yeah interesting and then to actually rebrand it also as great as this machine is as much hype as i think it deserves let's not forget that this took apple three and a half years to get to like apple tried and tried and tried and tried and are still technically trying to make the butterfly keyboard work in their other machines like it's taken a long time a lot of pros leaving the machine for apple to go go right you win which i still don't think we should let slide super easy um but yeah I, like i say i want to see how this trickles down to all the other machines i want to see it trickle down to the other machines i really hope we aren't in 12 months again talking about when's the macbook air gonna get updated is why is the 13 inch lagging behind and whatnot because that's pretty much how we've been talking for the past couple years like there's just when the lineup is so fragmented and you alluded to it with the iphone slightly as well when the lineup is so fragmented we're like we have no idea when stuff is getting getting refreshed and i think as consumers we're not huge fans of things not being predictable um you've got to the point where you know the iphone's coming out every september october it's predictable whereas with the mac it's like we're just happy if they talk about it on stage at this point like if it gets mm. stage time we're ecstatic yeah. um so yeah but yeah a, a good good product overall um i tried to we went into the apple store on friday for something else and they didn't have any on display which was kind of annoying um i thought considering it came out on friday they would have been pushing it in store a bit more 
Yeah, true, but they didn't. Different tactics by Apple, and it's interesting with, um, as you say, Tim Cook sort of tweeted about this release, and so I, and that, that is Apple now. If, if it's not major, and they're just, eh, there you go. Maybe because there is the lawsuit that they didn't want to make a big song and dance out of any of it. Who knows? Because the keyboard is a fundamental part of the product, isn't it, really? Keyboard and screen, that's what a laptop is. Well, and a trackpad. Who knows? You would not know what they're saying or thinking in their boardroom. Speaking of boardrooms, going very corporate now, HSBC, Barclays, Royal Bank of Scotland, Lloyds Banking Group, Deutsche Bank, Standard Chartered, Santander, Nationwide, or if you're in the US, uh, if you're in the US, sorry, JP Morgan, Citigroup, Wells Fargo & Co, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, US Bank Corp, TD Bank, you know, all banks. And if you said one name, you would associate with them the other, right? If I added Google to the list, which one's the elephant in the room? To me, it's Google. Bearing in mind, Apple are also now on that list. Yeah, exactly. Um, Becoming the biggest, latest big, sorry, tech firm to move into banking by offering current accounts. They say that they plan to partner with banks and credit unions in the US to offer the smart checking accounts. Said the service to be launched via Google Pay will allow users to add Google's analytic tools to traditional banking products. Obviously following um, the offerings of credit cards, payment systems and loans by Facebook, Uber, Apple and Amazon. I, I don't know, don't really rate tech companies within this sector. I don't think they belong there. I think it's... It's, it's one of those things it's like why not why I know exactly why but tech companies companies in general but specifically tech companies I think need to take a, a step back and, and maybe understand that they don't need to do everything no you know, ex- exactly exactly being, being a jack of all trades and master of only a couple is not what the general consumer wants but what it is is a massive money maker because general consumers are we're lazy we like to stick with one company or one service. Whoa, 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 whoa. Speak, speak for yourself. I'm de- okay. I'm definitely lazy. <laughs> um, but you take the Apple Card, for example, and, and when that was announced, we were like, "That's dumb." And then it took off and did, well, as far as we were aware, doing you know really well. Lots and lots of people signed up for it. Um, I think the numbers in like the millions at this point. Um, appreciate the fact that at the end of the day, it is just the front. Same with uh, Google for Goldman Sachs behind it. Um, Apple have not created their own bank or Google. Have have not created their own bank per se. Um, they are basically just offering a, a branded card with some, with a little bit of technology behind it. Um, and I believe Google is going to work in the same way. And obviously, there are lots of other apps that also do do pay services as well. Um, and I don't know. I don't. I think if I'm going to put my trust in 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 someone other than my bank, then Apple and Google they could be worse. Um, not to say I'm going to do it, but you know, I, I think they're they're pretty respectable companies. And I think they'll do everything above board and, you know, obviously they have to, but you know what I mean. Um, I just don't know why. I appreciate the fact that they're going to kind of prey on our laziness and that's a way you can make more money if you control, if you if you truly control end to end. So we've always talked about with Apple and increasingly Google that uh, they control the hardware and the software um, and then they control the software you put on to it. So they're making money kind of from start to finish. Well, if they can now tro- control the way you pay for their hardware, then that is like, it's adding an extra step on that whole uh, start to finish thing. Like they truly are controlling it start to finish, um, even through your, your payment method. So they can cream a little bit off the top all the way through your lifespan of a, of a product of theirs, which is both genius and kind of annoying. This this is a sign of tech companies trying to encapsulate their processing power into, you know, analyzing, analyzing your bank account, right? Okay, great. They either do that or they create their own bank, but I think there's somewhere in the middle. I mean, Amazon have their credit card and their their loan business now. Apple have a credit card. Well, 
the charge card, isn't it really? But more US based at this point. Facebook Pay complements messaging. Well, what's the thing here? You need each service to use them within the different services. You know, so what, what you're saying is, well, I use Apple Pay. Oh, I can't buy that on Facebook anymore because I don't have Facebook service. Or, well, not that you buy much on Facebook. You get my point though. Um, oh, I can't send money to my friend on Facebook. Or, oh, I need Amazon's credit card now to qualify for that. It's, it becomes so messy, doesn't it? And especially considering a nation that is in so much debt, <laughs> offering credit cards just nilly willy and offering services and loans and so on. It's easy to do. Mm, not so easy to, to recoup on if, if abused or misused. So, I mean, I'm not saying this is necessarily a bad thing, but it's again, fragmentation within an industry. So it's fine to have a credit card, use it, use it, uh, use it properly and use it, use, use it wisely. Fine. Or don't. It depends what you want to believe. But why do I need one from Apple and one from Amazon? Maybe Facebook. Oh, Google are now offering one. That's good. Uh, no, I'll go to a bank or banking organization and get one from there or another company that has a bank set up. I don't need Google to, I mean, for example, Tesco Bank, M&S Bank, Sainsbury's Bank, you know, retailers have already caught on. It's now tech companies that are going that way. And this is in the UK. I'm sure it's the same in the United States. When is it enough to say, you know what, that's not our industry. We'll just, we'll stay out of it. Because once one latches on, they all have to follow suit. Otherwise they're falling behind the industry. Painful, isn't it? Yeah. I, and the problem is, I think, I don't really have a, this is why you shouldn't do it thing to the tech companies. I think we're just conscious that it's going to be singular companies controlling everything. Um, they're going to, you know, Google control everything from your search to the videos you watch, to the phone you have, the apps you have on that phone, and to the way you pay for that phone, and much more, I uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure of it. You know, they're even obviously they've explored like the physical space in like cars and whatnot as well. Um, and I think that's great. Um, technological inf- innovation, obviously, competition. We've always spoken about as, as a great thing. It's just the when do you stop? Like, you know, we've already seen. We see, we, you know, Amazon obviously already expanding into the physical world, which is great. Obviously, it's still within their remit and whatnot. But you know, there are we talk about many of these companies, and just this feels like such an odd thing to, to move into. Um, I think we. We do have to appreciate the fact that it's just a card at this rate. Um, like it's a, it's an actual bank providing it for them. You're not giving your money to Apple, and even at that rate, they're just credit cards, I believe, that applies to both of them. Um, and obviously, America has very different relationship to credit cards that this country does. Um, credit cards have far less of an incentive over here. Um, you know, you don't get rewards and this and that to anywhere near the degree that you do in the States. So there's like, I think if Apple Card launched over here, it would be a lot less interesting um, just because, you know, cashback isn't really a thing anymore and things like that. Um, so I think it, it, it is kind of country to country slightly. But uh, yeah, not not really enthused about Google joining the banking sector. I don't think many people are, to be honest. I don't think it's any, no alarm bells start ringing um just because like i say it, it's not actually them or i don't believe it's actually them so i don't think we have any reason to freak out just yet the same way we didn't when when apple announced it but uh yeah jack of all trades a master of only a couple exactly stick to what you know isn't that right something like that that brings us to the end of 488 as always thank you so much for joining us and listening and making it to the very end unless you skipped a part in which case go back and listen again I'm only joking. Uh, until next time, you find further episodes over at munchtech.tv. If you're listening on your mobile device, munchtech.tv forward slash mobile for our newsletter, munchtech.tv forward slash newsletter. If you want to do what we do here, podcasting, podcastassist.com for help and assistance, and munchtech.tv forward slash ultimate podcast guide for our book on how to do so. Last but by no means least, our interview with Steve Wozniak, co founder of Apple, computing pioneer and engineering genius. 
That is on over at munchtech.tv forward slash was. That does it for this week's episode until 489. Have a great week and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.